Nine minutes to nine. This is Money Talk uh, on Radio 3 with James Ross. Uh, it is time for us to join Barry Wood for his view from the US. Uh, Barry Wood is RTHK's international economics correspondent, of course. Uh, good morning. Good evening, Barry. How are you? Why, thank you very much. I'm well. Good morning to you, James. Um, now, you know, after three weeks without a speaker, the House voted overnight to elect Republican Mike Johnson of Louisiana. Mr. Johnson securing the position without losing any GOP votes. The final tally, 220 votes for Mr. Johnson and 209 for House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. Uh, three weeks, yes, without a, a speaker. Did it come as a surprise, Barry? Do you think that um, they finally managed to get it together? Yes, I think it was a surprise. Some people said this would go on for another week or so. But look, it was exhaustion that won the day. The House Republicans, and that's over 200 of them, as you just recounted, they were meeting almost every day to try to agree on who their candidate should be. And they had come up with five different candidates, you know, one after the other. So it was exhaustion. When you had that, uh, going back to three weeks with Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan, uh, Steve Scalise, and then Tom Emmer, you know, now they went to a person whose name is unknown to most Americans, Mike Johnson. He seems to be very nice. He's a lawyer from Mississippi, from Shreveport. He went to LSU. Mm. He's got four children. He's certainly conservative. He has supported Donald Trump. In fact, he uh, challenged the election in 2020, and he's been in the Congress six years. He is uh, probably a, uh, a very level-headed guy. Hmm. He is not given to any kind of uh, outburst. Some say he's, he's a bit mild, cool and mild collected. Yeah, mild-mannered compared with uh, perhaps others in the, the Republican Party, and that's why he, he did, in fact, get that full support of 220 votes. <laughs> yes. Yes, you're right, James. Look, the fact is that um, there was desperation, and he sort of ticked all the boxes. Yes, he was a Trumpist, but... Yes, on some other issues, he's, he's more in the center. Uh, he is opposed to a lot of the social issues that are so important in American politics. He's not big on gay rights. He's not big on abortion rights. So this could haunt him. But also, he's not going to be, at least initially, James, a strong speaker. The House Republican Caucus, with only that four or five vote majority in the House, they're going to tell Mr. Johnson what they, he should be doing initially until he can find his footing and make some assertions. And of course, he's facing a very early challenge, and that is the government could shut down unless some of these appropriation bills are passed. And that date for the completion of these bills for the shutdown avoidance is November 15th. Internationally, we shake our heads a bit, I think, uh, uh, Barry, at this. Again, again, another shutdown on the way, and three weeks without a, a speaker hasn't really helped, has it? Well, you're right. Look, I enjoyed watching the vote today because 
Early on this morning, it appeared that if Johnson was headed for a House vote, all the members, that's 435, they all have to be in their places and vote. And they have to stand up and say whether they want Hakeem Jeffries or Mike Johnson. It's very interesting to observe on television the interaction among people. You know, there's a lot of goodwill despite these rigid and polarizing differences between the two parties. So uh, has three weeks, yes, without the Speaker, you know, meant uh, economic problems for the U.S., aside from the debt issue? No. You know, I think some people might, whether they're Democrat or Republican, they might say, hey, this is a good deal. They don't do anything. They don't spend any additional money. <laughs> and, of course, money is going to be the big issue because President Biden wants more money for Israel, and then he wants money put in the same measure for Ukraine. And on Ukraine, the Republicans are moving a little bit into the negative camp. They're saying, yes, we've given a lot to Ukraine, we'll give more, but probably not as much as the Biden administration would want. That'll be an early test. Of course, the first measure of business, probably coming in the next 24 hours, is a resolution saying we stand in solidarity with Israel after this terrorist attack. Now, turning to the markets, uh, you know, we've seen a bit of a plunge in, uh, in tech shares. Uh, what's, what's the feeling at the moment on the street in, uh, in downtown D.C., would you say? I think there's concern that we haven't seen for probably six to nine months. And that concern is twofold. One, that the market is probably overvalued. Two, more importantly, that interest rates are going to stay high for a longer period of time and that that's going to hurt people. People are stretched out on their credit cards. Housing is going to go into a slump. And as you just mentioned, technology shares really plunged. I'm not sure why, because the earnings reports are not that bad. They simply look ahead and say, well, we don't see it as being a great 2024. But Google, for example, lost 10% of its value today. So, yeah, there's a lot of concern that we haven't seen for a long time. Uh, in other news, Sam Bankman-Fried, the uh, founder of the failed cryptocurrency exchange FTX, is planning to testify at his criminal fraud trial uh, in Manhattan. Uh, so his uh, lawyer said today. Anyway, uh, what's, what do you see on that, uh, Barry? Is that uh, going to be a pretty high-profile trial? It is. Look... Bankman-Fried is a very interesting guy. You know, he's only 31 years old. And, of course, some listeners are aware that he started this FTX company in Hong Kong. Mm. And then when the regulations got a bit tight, he got out of Hong Kong in a hurry mm. and went to the Bahamas, which is just off the coast of Florida. But this is a very smart man. He's a mathematician. He went to Massachusetts Institute of Technology. But he's charged with fraud. So this is very dangerous for him to testify in his own defense because he had two companies. One was FTX, and he courted all these celebrities and named stadiums in Miami for them. Steph Curry was part of his group, Tom Brady, Bill Clinton even. But he had these two companies, and he's charged with fraud, having defrauded investors in the company of $9 billion. Mm. He's been in jail for almost a year. I don't think this testifying on his own behalf is going to work. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens there. Uh, Barry Wood is RTHK's international economics correspondent. Barry, thanks very much uh, for joining us.